Welcome back to episode 10 of The Thermometer. I'm Will Fritz. I'm with Nolan Thompson. We're going to start a little bit different this week. We're going to start with some football talk. We're not really going to get deep into it. This is a baseball podcast, obviously. But kind of some live reactions. The new AP Top 25 just dropped. Initial reactions, Nolan Thompson. How are we feeling about Alabama at three? You know, they're a good team. Jaden Milrow. Looked really good against the juggernaut that is Middle Tennessee. I think when you look at Alabama, the thing holding them back was Bryce Young. He was too small. They needed an athletic freak at quarterback like Jalen Milrow. So. Okay. Uh, Colorado has officially slipped into the top 25. Are we going to call them right now? Are we going to call them contenders or pretenders? Pretenders. After game one. Pretenders. Okay. Yes. So no Shadur Sanders MVP. Or, no. I mean, uh, they look good, but to be honest, I think TCU was a little overrated. I mean, I think they just kind of have to put them like in the back end of the top 25 just because of what they did last year. Just, yeah. Okay. But I think that was a pretty fluky run. And the other thing I would okay. And I don't know if Travis Hunter can keep up playing like every snap of the game. <laughs> it's like Shohei Otani almost. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the big result along with Clemson obviously losing to Florida State. Or no, Clemson losing to Duke and then Florida yeah. State beating LSU. It's like the ACC is just wide open. Yeah. Like Florida State is just directly on the path to the college football playoff now. And I didn't see any problems with the 65-0 to Syracuse Orange win over colgate university so um just you, keep your eyes peeled you showed those we're marking we're marking that that syracuse clemson date on the calendar and man it's not looking good for clemson right now it's not no it's not we'll approach that when we get there yeah all right let's talk baseball um first the yankees just swept the astros surprised i think everyone on the face of the earth I don't think it entirely matters at this point because, I mean, it matters for the Astros, obviously, as they're fighting for a division. But I don't really think they, it, it matters for the Yankees. I think a lot of Yankees fans were like, why didn't Jason Dominguez come up earlier? Why didn't Austin Wells come up earlier? I mean, I don't really get that. It's because hard to know because, he, I mean. He was ahead. struggling in double A at the beginning of the season and, like, just recently got hot in the past two months and then, got promoted to AAA, so if anything, you could say he was rushed. And I've seen, like, so many Yankee fans over Twitter, like, oh, if COVID didn't happen he had the 2020 season, he would have been up when he was 18 and everything yeah, like been, that. I mean, he's been lingering as, like, a top top six. He dropped in rankings this year on Pipeline, but I feel like for the past, what, three, four, five years, he's been, like, somewhere between – I think he was as high as 30 and as low as – I think he was, like, in the 80s this year. I think that I mean I think that's way too low, but I just but I think he falls somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I mean I think um, the narrative they had nothing to lose by bringing him up, and obviously yeah. he's he's turned out and he's hitting really well right now. So I mean the um, narrative on him is kind of weird because like it was like how toolsy he was when he first got signed, but now it's almost like he's just like yeah, a very polished baseball player. Like mind, yeah. it's not like he's super fast. Like it's not like he has crazy power, but he's like patient at the plate and can play a decent center field and can he's still fast like he can steal a couple bags but it's not like he's got like 80 grade power with 80 grade speed like he's not ronald acuna jr like the best player comparison i can think of would be like 
or like a 80th percentile or 90th percentile outcome would be like Brandon Nimmo or something like that. Yeah. Where he's just a very good player. But he a lot of he a lot of casual where, baseball. Where he's fans. at right now is not where a lot of Yankee fans imagined him when he was nineteen or twenty. Yeah, I mean he definitely has probably less bust potential, but he's also not Mike Trout. So Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to another young guy. I feel like if you're not watching baseball, if you haven't heard of this guy, it's important that we talk about him. Let's talk about Cole effing Reagans. Okay. Yesterday pitched six innings of one hit, zero walk baseball against the White Sox. Um, late first round pick in 2016 by the Rangers. He ended up getting Tommy John twice because the surgery wasn't like it wasn't done well the first time. Like they had to do it again. I'm pretty sure like the graft was wrong or something, but um, it wasn't done well the first time. And he didn't pitch affiliated baseball in 2018. In 2019 and of course there was no minor league season in 2020 so he went three years without pitching affiliated baseball he comes back in 2021 um he kind of works his way back up uh through double and triple um in 2022 he came up with the rate or he came up in the bullpen with the rangers i think he also had some spot starts too but he didn't he didn't touch 94 miles per hour last year besides one pitch, which was against Shohei Otani, which is kind of sick, but he had a little pull-down action. Um, so he ended up moving to the bullpen, like I mentioned, or he moved to the bullpen this year for the Rangers beginning of the year. He gained four miles per hour of average fastball velo, and then he eventually got traded to Kansas City at the deadline, like kind of before the whole deadline actually started happening. Uh, for a role as Chapman. Um, with Kansas City, he moved back into the starting rotation, and he actually he didn't lose any of that velo, so he's still sitting like 97 consistently. And he's kind of mixing this newly found velo with his a really good barreling changeup, which opponents are hitting like 169 against. And he also has a good slider and curveball, which both sit like under 200 in batting average against as well. Through eight starts, He's at a 1.51 ERA, so he's cooking. Um, what's your take on Cole Reagans? Is this projectable? How does this look? Yeah, I mean, I think he's obviously not going to keep up this pace because if he did this over an entire season, it'd be like one of the greatest pitching seasons ever. <laughs> but the Fangraph Stuff Plus model isn't insanely high at him, insanely high on him. But this is throughout the whole year, not just Kansas City. Like his only plus pitches, according to Stuff Plus, are his fastball at 108 and his slider at 127. And he's like average location plus his pitching plus is 101. So nothing surprising there. But when you look, he moved over from Kansas City or from Texas to Kansas City. He started throwing his slider 14.6% of the time. And that's his highest Stuff Plus pitch. He didn't throw it at all in Texas. But it is something he threw when he was a prospect. So it's kind of odd considering that's his best pitch, and for some reason he wasn't throwing it in Texas. And it's also been insane since he started throwing it in terms of results. It has a 165 XWOBA against. And he also another adjustment he made is throwing his cutter a lot less, and that has been getting crushed pretty much so far this year. And also is the work 89 stuff clutch, which is pretty horrible. And... I think one interesting thing about him is his changeup grades out really low with Stuff Plus, and Stuff Plus is kind of known to struggle a little bit with grading changeups correctly. 
And for a left-handed pitcher, change-ups are so important when you're facing so many right-handed batters. So I just think it's interesting, like, in terms of results, it's been a very good pitch. But Stuff Plus doesn't really like it. So I'm yeah. kind of conflicted on what to think. And he yeah. has been throwing it a little bit more when he's been with Kansas City. So I think it's a good pitch. But it's kind of hard to know how sustainable it is to be doing so well. And he should just stop throwing his cutter altogether. Like, in terms of Stuff Plus and results, it's getting crushed. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a, it's also a good sign for the Royals because they have obviously had a, they've been struggling to developing, to develop pitching in the past couple of years. We were hoping to see better results with Brady Singer. He looked pretty good last year, but he hasn't really looked the same this year. He didn't turn out to that, to that, uh, that two starter that we would hope he would be. Um, so it's a good sign for the future for the Royals in terms of being able to develop pitching again. Um, I, he's super fun to watch. He's kind of like a haze. Like, there's not a lot of you don't get to see these young lefties with a like a lot of gas from the left side, like you, like a Jesus Lazardo type, or even like a Shane McClanahan. Yes. But when a young one comes up, it like it, it it I feel like it jacks me up a little bit because <laughs> you see that a lot with righties, but not a lot with lefties. There's this like really weird phenomenon where, on average, righty fastballs are two miles per hour faster than lefty fastballs. And lefty pitchers usually have worse stuff just because I think the reason is is because stuff plus grades on a batter handness basis. So righties are facing more righties and lefties are facing lefties. Yeah. So it's like a little odd. And obviously, like you can be a good lefty and face righty and do well against righty or if you have a good changeup. So I think it's just really weird because. Like, as a lefty starter, you have to have a good changeup because you're going to be facing a lot of right-handed batters. And his shouldn't be good based on stuff plus, but it is doing well in terms of results. So it's a little weird. Like, there's there's kind of a lot of... Especially through eight starts, too, which is, like, still a very, very small sample size. Like, it seems that he's good enough to be a starter, but, like, the question is, is he an ace like he's looked in his first eight starts or he's just another starter because he really only has like two plus pitches and then maybe you could say his changeup's decent and a curveball yeah. like so it's a little hard to know like where he sits at but then again there aren't very many left-handed starters and a lot of teams are like stacking an insane amount of lefties to try to platoon against right-handed pitching so it's a li- little and also so since he came over and his in his, I said eight starts, I believe. Eight. So okay. he's walked, he's walked two or more, three times, including one start with four. That was kind of his blow up start against, uh, not even a blow up start. Like the most runs he's given up in a in an outing is three earned runs. So it's not super worrisome, but he's striking out a lot, and he hasn't been walking like the world which is often a concern when someone comes out of the bullpen, especially as a young lefty who throws gas. Um, So it doesn't seem like that's a huge problem right now, which is also a good sign. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he definitely has a future, and I'm definitely intrigued by what he can do, but I'm not quite sold on him being an ace because if you, he's obviously not going to do this because his numbers, like if you look at FIP, it's like a DeGrom-esque season or even better. And DeGrom's pitches all grayed out way better than this. Yeah. But to be fair, he is like 
Jacob DeGrom is like a two-pitch pitcher. So, I mean, just his fastball and slider alone could probably make him like a good back-end rotation starter. Yeah, so they – okay. So his next start will probably be against Toronto. I think that that's going to be a good start to watch. Yeah, they're good against um, left-handed pitching following, too. Following against that, following after that will probably be against Houston. So I think that both of those starts are going to be they're going to be they're going to kind of test him and see where he actually ends up, and, and especially against a team like Toronto because we were talking about this before the episode we started the episode. He's faced a like a couple solid hitting teams. Like he's faced the Rays. Who else has he faced? The Red Sox. He's faced the Cubs. But he has yet to face that like top of the top against left-handed pitching like Toronto is. So that'll be really interesting to watch. Yeah. So keep an eye on Cole, Cole Reagans. We wanted to talk about next just briefly about the NL MVP race because I feel like a lot of like a lot of media is concerned on who is going to win the MVP right now in the National League. We all know who the AL MVP is, but in the National League, it's it's kind of be. I mean, you kind of have a. I mean, I want to include Freddie Freeman in that race just to give him his respect because he's playing out of his mind this year. But it's pretty much like a two-man race between Mookie Betts and Ronald Acuna Jr. And what I've kind of like got from all the information and all the different statistics, first of all, Mookie's like significantly ahead in F4. It's a good sign of who who should win the MVP. And also, the argument is consistently like, oh, uh, but Ronald Acuna has stole 60 bags. And I'm like, well, are we going to weigh? It's, it's all about weighing – Mookie's defense and base running versus Ronald Acuna's defense and base running because Mookie's like um what middle of the pack base runner on average yeah I think so and then you have and then you have Ronald Acuna who's really good but Ronald Acuna Jr. this year has been awful on defense and Mookie Betts has been like gold gold glove caliber so it's I mean I think it's about weighing his stolen bases Ronald Acuna's stolen bases versus Mookie Betts' defense. And the defense has been much better and much more valuable, in my opinion, than just Ronald Acuna Jr.'s base running. So I th- And also Mookie has been a better hitter statistically. So I think it goes to Mookie. I think you'll agree with me. but Yeah, uh, I, I do agree. But to be honest, I think Mookie Betts' defense has been a little overrated, especially compared to Acuna. But, Be- okay, but okay, so also have to consider that he's playing right field and second base and also yeah like, that's one thing to consider so it's really hard it's really hard to like measure his defense when like there's yeah. no one else doing that yeah so i'll like, just a super utility who's hitting this well who's playing good yeah. defense is crazy. i'll hit you with some numbers like so acuna is minus eight oaa but his arm value is three oaa is outs above average for anyone wondering it's it measures range. It, it, the average is zero, so you can kind of understand it. So, but his arm has been really good, and Mookie is actually at negative one OAA. But that's of course all over the diamond, and his arm has been pretty average. So, I don't think the gap is as big as people say. But like Mookie Betts has been the better hitter, and it's just like crazy. I mean, the biggest difference from last year is he was only barreling the ball sixty five percent of the time. Yeah, and now he's barreling it. 13% of the time and his walk rate has also jumped by like 5% out of nowhere which is just so crazy but and he records, what, and he records a podcast yeah 
Of course. One thing I would say, though, is like Freddie Freeman is tied with Ronald Acuna in F4. Yeah, but I think I think he's sort of out of it though because if you, you either take the war route, which then it goes to Mookie Betts, and then if you go to the traditional route, in terms of like counting numbers, you go towards Acuna. So like Freddie Freeman is like second best in both kind of. So it's a little weird to think about him winning the MVP, even though he has the same total amount of war as Acuna. Yeah, I. Do you want to talk like Cy Young quick too? Like, just real AL quick. Cy Young? Does well, it matter? I, I mean, I think the AL Cy Young is pretty much between, I would say, Garrett Cole and Sonny Gray. Probably going to be Garrett Cole, but. So there's this feature on Fangraphs you can go. Yankee fans like to push narratives. Yeah, but I mean, if so, I like to go on Fangraphs and change the war to ERA based war. Because I think that's a better indication of who should win the Cy Young and okay. not FIP because it's about run prevention. And Sonny Gray's actually tied with Garrett Cole for the league lead in ERA war instead of FIP war like F4 normally is. So I think that's... I'm going to look who... You pull up the twin schedule. I'm going to pull up the Yankees schedule and then we'll pick a Cy Young from there. Based on who I mean, think. No, but I think Garrett Cole's going to win it, though, just because he plays for the Yankees. And he strikes out more people. Yeah. Well, actually, his peripherals, are, I think they're, Garrett Cole is like having some of the worst peripherals of his career. I don't think he's actually striking out that many more people. Um. Okay. Garrett he's, Cole is facing Detroit tonight, and Sonny Gray is facing Cleveland. Um. His next start will probably be... It looks like right now he might be skipping a start. I could be wrong, but his next start, he's also going to end up probably pitching against Pittsburgh. He's probably going to end up pitching against Toronto. All right, so I think he can cook Detroit tonight. I think if he gets into like the Milwaukee series, I think he can succeed against Milwaukee. I think he can succeed against Pittsburgh. I think he could succeed against Toronto. And then he ends the year against Kansas City. So I think that he's gent like he doesn't face any like big bopping lineups, but I don't think Sonny Gray will either. Yeah, I mean I just think Garrett Cole's gonna win it just because that's where the narrative's going. But I think Sonny Gray is someone who has gone underrated because I think when you determine awards, you should just go based on run prevention. He's at two point nine two ERA on the season yeah. and Garrett Cole's at what is it, two point nine two point nine five. Yeah, okay. But this is it's also weighted to like ballpark factor, I'm pretty sure. Even R9 war, so Yeah. I I just think it's pretty interesting, but I don't think really anyone's had like an amazing pitching season yeah. in the American League. It's kind of wide open, but I think Garrett Cole will win it just because he's pitched a lot of innings and he plays for New York. And yeah. then over to the National League side. I mean, I'm on Team Blake Snell, even though his underlying numbers suck. But I mean, Cy Young and MVP shouldn't be based on underlying numbers. Yeah, I agree. I agree. based on how yeah. I mean, productive you've been. Zach Gallon has thrown like 20 more innings, but his ERA is almost um yeah is almost What's like a whole. Right? It's like 3.5, and Blake Snell's yeah. at 2.5. So he's like a whole one under yeah i don't think it's very close at this point then yeah so we would probably it'll probably end up being blake snell and garrett cole 
Yeah. Which also probably could have been the Cy Young race in like 2019. Mm -hmm. I mean, there haven't been that many like dominant pitching seasons. Like last year, we kind of knew, like we knew it was going to be Sandy and Justin Verlander because Justin Verlander's ERA was what, like under two or something like that. I think it was going to be Verlander or uh, McClanahan last year. And then McClanahan went down. Did he yeah. not? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. That sounds that. right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there has not been like any super dominant sub two five guys in a while. Especially guys. It's hard, it's hard nowadays. It just feels more real too when they have like a two two and they're striking yeah. out a ton of people and not walking anyone. Where like Blake Snell has like a two five, but he's walking an insane amount of people and it's like leaving an insane amount of guys on base and stuff like that. So what did um Luis Arise won the batting title last year. Did he win it with like a three sixteen? I want to say. I think with, yeah. Being, I want to see like how much that batting average has jumped from year to year in terms of. That is kind um, of insane to think about. League leaders. Because when you think of like batting title, you don't really think of like a three fifteen hitter. Yeah, I know we don't care about batting average, but it's kind of sick when it's like the end of the year and you can look back and see this guy succeeded i mean i don't know we're not even gonna get into that uh who's leading the who's leading the al and Corey seager's hitting 345 talk to me nice yeah if he had a full season like he could be like judge last year where people would actually think he could possibly contest otani for the mvp because he's been incredible this year in terms of just hitting well his defense has been like solid which was always a concern in the past for him. So, and obviously he pulls the ball a ton, so the shift really helped him, but. All right, there's a league-wide MVP race, and Shohei Otani doesn't win it. Are you going with Mookie Betts, or are you going with Corey Seager? I think it's still Mookie Betts, just because of the volume. Like, Mm. you have to... You have to take what people I got, did. Uh, account for games played, yeah. Yeah, which is just crazy because, like, Corey Seager, Seager had a down year last year. He's fifth, and, he's fifth in war, and he hasn't played 100 games. Yeah. Well, his OPS is 1065, which is 300 points higher than last year, which is just crazy. And he's like, if you go look at a Savant page, it's insane. Yeah. I think that next year, it might... I think next year, like... If he keeps up this production, he's probably he's locking in the MVP for next year because Shohei Otani will. I mean, Aaron Judge also when he if he's healthy next year. Yeah. Because if Shohei Otani doesn't pitch next year, it's just it's a health. He's it's not going to be in contention. It's a health battle between Judge and Seager. Yeah, and Otani too, depending on what happens. With I don't, it's a really hard to win it. It's just the DH only. Yeah. Like All right. Um, let's move on to the. You want to talk about the Braves a little bit? Yeah, I mean, they I just, just wanted to go over them briefly because, like, they just they just took three of four in Los Angeles on a weekend with all the celebrities there, which is sick. Um, so it's like, how far ahead are we? It's got to like Walker Bueller. I feel like has to come back and be like a big piece for them. In yeah. my opinion, yeah. if they, they want to have a chance against the Braves. Yeah, and the Braves, especially pick. with Julio Arias down, just, like I know he wasn't. He's not. He's Julio. not very good though. That's the thing. Yeah, but even like he, he can't even provide any support from the left side. I guess. I mean, I just think like you look at people like Marcelo Zuna on the Braves, and people thought he was done last year after he got arrested. 
and now he just has like a 394 x woba and he's like yeah 16 percent barrel he's been like rate. a top 10 hitter yeah which is so crazy after yeah. being horrible like he was horrible the past two years and now this year he's just all of a sudden good again and he's yeah. like crazy barely in the ball and he's like their dh and he's like a platoon bat sometimes and it's just like the braves are so stacked and adding sean murphy to like what did they even give up didn't they give up like pache for him and he's i think pache was in the deal yeah like he's got a 403 x woba as a catcher, and he's the best defensive catcher in the Michael, league. Michael Harris is top, among qualifiers, Michael Harris is 49th in war. So he's a top 50 player in terms of F4 this year, and he's hitting ninth for them. Yeah, and like if you go, so Sean Murphy, they're doing this Even thing. Even like where, Orlando Arcia has been playing. Yeah, like I, I mean, I just want to talk about Sean Murphy for a second because he's been so good. Yeah. He is ninth, 19th in F4. He is the same F4 as Matt Olson. And he has 387 plate appearances, and Matt Olson has 609. Like, he's, like, barely played over half the games. Like, he is a higher F4 than Juan Soto in two-thirds of the plate appearances. Like, he's been the best defensive catcher and hitting catcher by a mile, and it's, like, really not even close. Like, he's going to be the gold glove and the silver slugger at catcher in the National League, and there's, like, literally no one that can touch him. Like, it's not even close. That 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 goes right into my next the next player i wanted to talk about who's on the brewers and that's william Contreras because i'm like so william Contreras. i wanted to talk about him he has a 4.3 f4 which is 15th among all qualified hitters but what's sean murphy at he's not qualified but he's at 4.5 4.5 and so i mean Will, not taking anything away from William Contreras. He's playing really good baseball this year. There's a reason I wanted to talk about him. Um, last year and kind of his whole his whole career so far, he's been he was on he was on the uh no, wasn't it a three team deal with Sean Murphy or am I I don't know, I don't remember. Well he was know. on the Braves before and now he's on the Yeah, Braves. so William Contreras was on the Braves before. He was, he's kind of been a bad defender at catcher his whole career. He sat around like the 20th percentile in both blocking and framing. But now he's like 85 to 95 in both. So he's like totally flipped the script on who he is as a defender. And before that, he was kind of like, oh, he's like this catcher who like he hits really well, but he's not going to provide defensive value. Like exactly like his brother. DH maybe. Um, but he... He has a 123 WRC plus, which is down slightly from last year, but he still ranks high among catchers. I just wanted to give him his props. He leads the Brewers by a good margin in terms of F4, higher than Christian Yelich. Um, so, like at the at the catching position, he's like up there in in terms of like top five or top ten. He's been playing really good baseball. He's been defending really well, and he's still been hitting. So, props to William Contreras. You wanted to talk about Wilson, didn't you? Yeah, so I want to talk. They're brothers, right? I believe so. Yeah, they're they're brothers. So I just think there's like this really weird narrative about Wilson Contreras that he's not a good player. But the the, okay, well, so one of the main reasons that people don't like Wilson Contreras is because of like kind of like beginning, like first quarter of the year, there was this whole debacle with the Cardinals, and it was like they're not pitching well because Wilson Contreras isn't like 
good at like uh, holding a staff together. And I feel like kind of that was just remnants of Yadier Molina leaving. And it's like, that can almost be a mental thing too, is like a pitcher not being as comfortable with their yeah. catcher. I think it's like, it's, it's really hard to like, Quantify. it's completely bs their staff just sucked like they had no they don't have any good pitchers like i just think he but was used a certain, as a scapegoat a certain level to like but he's a better player than yadier he's a better player than yadier molina like look if you look at yadier molina's like last couple of years he was like the worst offensive player in the league horrible framing horrible blocking i don't like i wasn't referring to anything about that though but I was, I'm not saying it doesn't matter. Like, even if he provided this great service, uh, like somebody who ha- can actually hit and can actually throw runners out, valuable. like way more. And I just yeah, think I'm, it, ex- I'm explaining the narrative on why people think he's like, oh, he's not okay. I thought you were. Yeah. No, I'm just saying that, like, genuinely, the reason that people kind of bash Wilson Contreras is because this staff wasn't doing the same. This this mediocre staff wasn't performing as well as it was last year. So. People are like, oh, Wilson Contreras can't hold the staff together well. Well, you just had probably one of the best, like one of the, like, the greatest catchers in terms of like veteran leadership. Yeah. So it's really hard to quantify, but that's why he got back. Yeah. I'm going to flip the narrative because yeah. <laughs> his ex, so he has the same fielding value so far this year as Will Smith, who's like this great catcher, catcher of the future, yeah. amazing yeah. catcher. Same, as like same fielding value and his ex- same fielding value, same base running value, and his ex will was 20 points higher than Will Smith. Like, Wilson Contreras is definitively, at worst, just as good as Will Smith. Yeah. And now we're, and we're sitting here saying he's bad, and the narratives are just so different, where I think he's still a very good player. He's been a bit unlucky this year with batted ball luck, but he's been absolutely crushing the ball. Like, his yeah. EVs are amazing. Like I said, his ex woba looks really really good it's 20 points higher than will smith who's like this generational catching talent he's like just as below average on defense as him he's not a great base runner but for some reason people just think of the players completely differently so that's just something i thought of while i was just you know they should be perusing savant and like he's not on the level of sean murphy because sean murphy is a better hitter and a way better fielder but like yeah they're both good catchers and they'll probably be valuable into the future because they'll move to first base or dh and continue to hit yeah so i just think that's something interesting people need to think about and cardinals fans need to turn their attention to other parts of their roster because their pitching is horrible but they just tried to blame it on wilson Contreras, which is a yeah. joke like your pitching wasn't good when you had yadier molina either like adam Wainwright yeah. is still going out there and it's somehow that's like wilson Contreras's fault that adam Wainwright's yeah. like the worst pitcher alive like it's great he can sing the national anthem, I'm, I'm but really he should have retired. Well, yeah, I'm really curious to see like what a what a starting pitcher would actually have to say about it. Like a guy like Miles Michaelis or a guy like Adam, even Adam Wainwright, who's kind of cooked. But I'm I'm just curious to see like what they would have to say to it if they would be like, no, it's not on Wilson. I, it's on like I I've I mean, been struggling I, this year, or they're like it's it was a, it was a hard adjustment. It was hard to get used to because there is a level of having a good connection, but it it almost comes down to like, it's, well, there should be there should be someone telling Wilson Contreras what, like, what to call pretty much every pitch. Yeah, and also there should be like a level of the pitcher just respecting like I don't know. 
Well, and pitchers can now like call their own pitches with pitch comp and stuff as well. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of well, childlike. In my yeah, opinion. I think it's like, oh, Wilson Contreras is. It's similar like that. It's I just still it's similar to a situation in Houston where it's like it's ridiculous that Martin Maldonado is still getting game time play. over Yanni yeah. or Diaz when he's like the worst player in terms of he sucks on defense, sucks on offense. I think it's just I think it's just mainly about I just think Dusty Baker's a horrible manager. And yeah. you can point at his success, but the Astros are an insanely well built team, but for some reason he insists on hitting Jeremy Pena second and Jordan Alvarez fifth. Yeah. Which is just like crazy. Like Jeremy Pena consistently in the lineup hits over Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker, who are extremely better hitters. You until until they're not winning, we can't really say they no. They win even more games if they didn't have Dusty Baker. Well, we it doesn't. I mean, yeah, it doesn't until they start winning though, or until they start losing. We can't. I mean, they haven't won the World Series every year. He's been the manager. But we were just we were just talking about like how end of the year we look back. And we don't really care about like the peripherals and saying, oh, well, they should be hitting these guys here and these guys there. Well, if they're scoring a lot of runs and they're not giving up a lot of runs, then that's. Yeah, I mean, in general, they're going to win, but they would win even more games because they're like softwares now that just tell you the optimal lineup and they could win more. Like if they don't win the World Series this year. Part of that blame could be placed on Dusty Baker because he could literally just change his lineup. In the World Series, I think if they don't make the World Series, well, they I would have a better chance to win against, it. If, if they no, lose but, against the Braves in six, I'm not saying Dusty Baker's a terrible. Yeah, but it would it would be a better chance if. What do you mean? He's the worst manager, but the manager doesn't affect that much. He still affects a little bit, but Dusty. It's in my opinion that. Do you think that Dusty Baker constructs? Do you think that he constructs the lineup? Yeah. Do you think that he's like the main? I'm, cu- yes. I'm curious. Cause yes, I, I definitely think he does because I don't think any other reasonable person any, would construct yeah, a lineup okay. that poorly. Like, yeah. just because he's he's a bottom five manager in the league, in my opinion, just because because I don't care about the results because the results is based so much on who your team is. He's horrible. He doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, I understand what you mean, but if he, I mean if he's this is this is on there's some things that are unquantifiable about a manager for sure but this is we can get way too deep into this let's just keep moving i think watching dusty like seeing where dusty baker goes from here i think is interesting he's getting on the older side um i i'm curious to see like what I mean, happens in the next couple of years with the astros because they've been such a powerhouse but i mean they'll probably for, still be good because they have good players but it's just, it's all, you're never going to win. Even if you have the best team, you're not going to win the World Series every year. So you just have to stack the deck with odds against you. Yeah. And so like having Dusty Baker for some reason, like the only yeah. reason they haven't fired him is because it's it's optically poor to fire a manager after you won the World Series. Like if I was the GM of Houston, I would, and I, and public opinion. Didn't they just fire the GM of Houston last year? I don't think so. AJ Finch? No, AJ. He was their manager when they cheated. They had to fire him. AJ Hinch? Yeah, he's the manager of the Tigers now. AJ Hinch? Yeah. Yeah, But what I would say is that if fan opinion wasn't a thing, I would fire Dusty Dusty Baker immediately because he's clueless. But the team is good, so they just win anyway. Yeah, but... Okay, well, if they don't... Like I said, I don't really... 
if he's developing a secure clubhouse with a lot of confident players who are playing good baseball together, then I'm not super worried about it until they don't win. Personally. I mean, I would like keep my eye on it. I'd be like, okay, so he's not really constructing this lineup. Well, why is Jeremy Pena still hitting second? Um, why isn't Kyle Tucker hitting second? Why isn't Jordan hitting second? Um, whatever it is, but you can construct a better lineup. Obviously, I think that me and you could probably construct a lineup that. So what's the reason? Okay, it. yeah. So give me this. What's the reason not to construct your lineup in the best way possible? I think that it's probably an issue of like him trying to deal with some personalities. What? Him trying to deal with some like guys in the clubhouse. Like if you move Jeremy Pena to eighth, is gonna is like, I understand it's the right thing, but like. What it say? Say you move into eighth, he starts hitting even worse, right? Then, then you have to find a new shortstop. I don't know. Like it's it's really hard to measure. It's really hard Dusty Baker's like the biggest fraud ever. By the way, okay, whatever. He's just whatever. got lucky. He's just lucky because he has okay, had good teams in on. his career. We we get, we we talked about it five different times. I could do a better um, job than Dusty Baker. Uh, all right, let's talk about JP Crawford because I love JP Crawford. Um, JP Crawford, he's kind of been came up as a prospect. I think he was drafted by the Phillies. Came up as a prospect, and he was like, he was never kind of regarded highly for, especially for his power. He was never even highly regarded for his bat. He was more of a fielding heavy prospect. This year, 135 WRC plus, which is by far the highest of his career. 15 percent, 15% walk rate, which is top five in the league, which is the highest of his career. He's hit 14 home runs already. And his career high before this year was nine. He might just be roiding. He might just be on steroids because he's hitting the shit out of the ball. Um, he has the highest hard hit rate of his career as well. He hasn't been the same defensively as he was as a prospect, but his hitting is making up for it. I think he's still a top 30 F4 guy. Like he's still producing really well on the field. No, so, he's been horrible in the field. The past two years, he's not, been like one of the worst the field, shortstops but on the field. He's he's, 30, oh. he's 31st and negative 3.1 defensive war. So that's not like he's second. Not, he's second percentile bad. in OA. He's like awful yeah. in the field and his arm sucks. And one thing I would say is that his but if you're still on, racking up 3.7 war, that's a good base. Well, I mean, yeah, but his actual home runs is 14, but his expected home runs is 11.2. So okay. he's gotten ballpark lucky. And if you look at his ex-WOBA, is like 20 points lower than his WOBA. Okay, well, okay, J.P. Crawford sucks. I mean, he has like... 15% walk rate, dude. Like, yeah, he doesn't chase. He I, doesn't strike out that much, and he hits the ball a lot. Having a, having a WOBA like 20 points above his ex-WOBA isn't like, this guy's a fucking fraud. Like, Yeah, I know, but he's crazy. like... He's just like an average, slightly above average shortstop my opinion okay well he's hitting well this year he's he is, walking he a lot is. this year he has the most home runs by far this year even if he had 11.2 home runs this year that'd still be higher <laughs> um i don't want to end with this guy because it's kind of like a sad like yeah. i mean i just think i think his turn of his career i think he's still slightly injured i think he's recovering from i think we're talking about Jose Abreu, so he's still dealing like... Wait, can I finish something on J.P. Crawford quick? Go ahead. In the past two seasons, he has combined... He has negative 21 outs above average with a below average arm. And he's not fast either. So, just something um, to consider. 
he could be switched to second base. I think that that could be an interesting move if they find a new shortstop. Yeah. I, just, I mean, I just think he's he makes up for his lack of power and like pretty awful exit velocities with just not chasing and, and walking a ton. And yeah. I think what's interesting from last year is his strikeout rate is up about... So if you look last year... I don't think that's necessarily... No, 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 super... no. no I, yeah, I'm looking. So last year, his strikeout rate was 13 now it's like 20 so it's up like seven points and but it's allowed him to hit the ball like quite a bit harder like last year he his average exit velocity and barrel percent was some of the worst so he's like striking out more walking like this walking the same amount and hitting the ball harder so i think he's a good example of why like someone like louisa rise i think could probably hit better if he struck get struck out more because like so many times on like one and oh or two and oh He's yeah. just he hits for contact, and then it's just out and play, and he sacks a favorable situation. So I think if someone like Luis Arise sold out for power more, he'd actually probably be a better hitter. Yeah, if he struck out more, which I think is kind of funny to think about. But JP yeah. Crawford is striking out more and is a much better hitter than last year. Yeah, he's been hit. I mean, he's much better hitter than he has been. Like. His entire ever. career, like, you would never, you but, would never consider him at a one thirty five WRC. I mean, plus. yeah, I think his true talent WRC plus is like one fifteen, one twenty, probably, but still, that's better than the pretty much his entire career. And I think it's sustainable because there's like the tangible changes he's made. Like he's hitting the ball way harder than he has been previously, even if he's not hitting the ball that hard. It's still way more than he has previously. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Let's last thing. We're last guy we're going to talk about is Jose Abreu. I wanted to talk about him because he's obviously 36 now on the wrong side of, they say on the wrong side of 30, but now he's on the wrong side of 35. Um, so he was kind of down last month because he had some like lingering lower back issues that have been kind of, he's been dealing with like through, he said through the whole year, but he also said like, that doesn't give me an excuse. I mean, as a veteran, you kind of have to say that. Like, it's not an excuse for playing bad baseball. It's the same thing with Carlos Correa right now. Like, he's still dealing with this leg thing, but it's not an excuse, whatever. Um, but it's having lower backs, lower back problems this time in your career is a little scary. Um, he has a negative 1.1 F4 this year, a 76 WRC plus before this year. He's never had a WRC plus before below 114. So he's at 76 this year, lowest on base percentage of his career, lowest slugging percentage of his career, highest chase rate, lowest zone swing rate. So he's not swinging even when it's in the zone, lowest exit velos. So it seems like he's hurt because dropping off, even like if you look at like second half of last year, he was still hitting well. So I think that it, a lot of it has to be injury. Like I think that he's for sure going through something in his swing right now. Um, but it's it's not fun to see for a guy that's like 36 because then it's like where he just signed a three-year deal where does like where do the next two year like what is he going to look like next year uh two quarter zone shots in august i don't think two quarter zone shots are going to solve this issue yeah i mean but i think he's probably like not in the lineup for the playoffs like with michael like michael brantley is like traditionally a DH and he played outfield in the past. Yeah, he is back, but I just wonder like if he could play first base maybe. 
or Jordan could play first base. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Jordan at first. Yeah, because it's just he's been so poor. Like his defense before too was like above was like average to above average for uh, first base, and he's been awful this year. And it's just like the issue with first baseman is they have to hit, or they're bad. Like because if he's even if he's it's either he plays first or he DHs. I mean, I'm looking down the line of like some of his batted ball statistics. Like his barrel percentage is down two percent. His average exit velo is down four percent. I mean, it's nothing like super. Like his max exit velo is down a little bit. His launch angle is actually John Singleton going to start at first base in the playoffs right now i don't know it's like how much has michael brantley played first or has he at all i did i did look at the stats since coming back jose abreu since coming back from those quarter zone shots in august yeah he does have like a 99 wrc plus so if it means anything he's been average in terms of hitting but as a first baseman you need more than that um i i think that they can afford a can they like afford a hole in their lineup? Probably. But they already have Martin Maldonado. So if you have like Abreu Maldonado stacked eight nine, um, they don't have. Probably, I don't know. They don't have the incredible pitching staff anymore because like Christian Javier's fallen off a cliff. Framber yeah, has been really inconsistent. Of Verlander, Framber. Like I'm still confident, even though Framber hasn't been. He hasn't looked as good. Like since that no hitter, he hasn't looked. I mean, even I'm, just like the second half, he hasn't looked quite as good. And like um, Hunter Brown's the game three guy, right? Yeah, which is fine. I mean, I'm, but that's, I'm I mean, it's fine. But what carried him in the playoffs last year was their starting rotation. Yeah. And like Javier Verlander and Framber Valdez were like absolutely incredible last year. And their bullpen's yeah. been a lot worse too. Like Ryan Stanek's been horrible. Rafael Montero's been bad. Like Urquidy's been terrible out of the bullpen. I like, think Ryan Stanek just went down too. Yeah. I think it went down yesterday, which is just – it doesn't help. Um, I, You might just get your wish. You might you, you might get your wish of the Astros getting pummeled in the playoffs. Hopefully. They're probably going to end up – who do you think they're going to end up drawing in the wild card? Probably, um, probably Seattle. I, I, it's so close, though, because they still could definitely win the division. They could end up in the second wild card spot. They could end yeah. up in the third wild card spot. So if they end up in the second wild card spot, they probably they which is where they are right now. They'd end up with the Rays, and if they were the third wild card spot, then they're going to end up who, with the Twins. Who, is the, who has the tiebreaker between the Mariners and the Astros right now? I don't know. They possibly have more head to head games. They're in a real Astros are in a really big series with the Rangers right now, but. They still have three, ooh, three second to last series of the season, three in Seattle. Yeah. So that will definitely be like a huge series. And I mean, I think I would probably still favor them definitely over the Twins. And I think it would be a really close series with the Rays. And then obviously they get a bye if they're in the, yeah. uh, if they win the division. But yeah. I just, it just, because they lost, who was their first baseman last year again? Who did they have? Trey Mancini playing first? No, Yuli Gurriel. Oh yeah, Yuli Gurriel. And I mean, he, he wasn't. He wasn't really that good, to be honest, either. They could afford like if if Jose Abreu is hitting and is if he has if he maintains this ninety nine WRC plus, I don't think that that's like you're not you're not angry about it. 
I mean, but. to be honest, like Yuli Gurriel last year has been like pretty much just as bad as Jose Abreu was last year. So yeah, or ha- Jose Abreu has been this year. So to be honest, it's like the same. Except, I mean, they could probably use like John Singleton or I don't even know who else. That's like a big problem for them, and. It seemed like Jose Abreu would add so much to the lineup, but he's just been horrible. No, I just yeah. think they're better. The Astros still might be the best team in the American League, but it's just hard. It's I hard to think about them too. beating the Braves, the Dodgers. Like how I'm feeling right now is the uh, the NLCS is going to be. I agree. It's going to be the World Series. The real World Series, but but the thing is, is the teams aren't even as good in the AL. But I'm probably still just ex- just as excited to watch like the Orioles, the Rays, the Mariners, the Rangers. I'm excited to watch all these teams in the playoffs. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think the bottom of the National League, we've talked about this before, is a little bit weaker. Like, I mean, I don't think I think the Rangers and the Astros just, are much team, stronger than the Having a team getting having like a a bottom a bottom end team get through a mix of the Phillies, the Braves, and the Dodgers just does not seem feasible at all. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Especially right. since the Brewers are frauds. Yeah, we'll talk about that next episode. Hopefully. Oh, uh, by the way, I forgot to mention this. When we did our home run picks and you picked, I need to give you your props because we picked, and or you picked Andrew McCutcheon to hit a home run. I don't remember. I think it was against like. It might have been two weeks ago, too. I, I think it was like two episodes remember. ago. It was, yeah, it was a while ago. But he did hit a home run, so I'll give you your props. Congratulations. Yeah. Even though it's just pure luck. Like, I had no insight whatsoever. Whatever. Uh, all right, let's do one. You give me one home run pick for tonight. Hold on. Um, let's do one from Twins Guardians. Okay, Twins Guardians. Tanner Bybee or T- Tanner Bybee versus Sonny Gray. Lefty on righty matchup. I think I need to see who's back in the lineup. I got Max Kepler. Max Kepler, lefty, lefty tank or lefty or, or no, bullpen he, late in the game. No, he's no, he'll hit it off Bybee. Bybee's a right-handed pitcher. Oh yeah, my fault. I was thinking of Logan Allen. My fault. My fault. Yeah. Okay. Max Kepler is your home run. He's pick. dominant in progressive field anyway. Okay. Mine's Josh Naylor. I think he's coming off injury. I I just want to see him run around the bases and do his little. The baby. I, there's like a, as a Twins fan, there's still like a small little glimmer of like me wanting to see Josh Naylor in the playoffs, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, All right. he's pretty good. Um, you got Max Kepler. I got Josh Naylor. We will see you guys next week. Um, thank you so much for listening to episode 10. See you later. Thank you. Bye.